Hey guys, Gary here. Before we get to the show today, I wanted to highlight our sponsor, Sports Engine. Sports Engine is dedicated to making the life of a youth sports volunteer easier. Through their applications, people are able to save time on administrative tasks, allowing them more time to focus on developing their athletes. More than a million teams, leagues, and clubs use Sports Engine every day to run their websites, promote their programs, and to collect signups. They also offer an easy solution for getting uniforms delivered directly to their athletes' homes. It's called Sports Engine Gear, and you can check it out at sportsengine.com forward slash gear to get started. Great. Now, on to our show. You're listening to On The Whistle, the podcast that explores the impact that coaches, teachers, and mentors from youth sports organizations and schools have on young people's lives. Let's get into the show. All right, everybody. Welcome today's edition uh, of On The Whistle. Super excited today to have uh, two senior executives from a really magnificent organization called Steel Sports. And Steel Sports, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, was started by a gentleman by the name of Warren Lichtenstein, who is, um, I would call him an American industrialist who's had uh, a variety of different corporations that have had significant uh, economic success. And Warren, as he was raising, as I've been told the story, and we can certainly clarify it with Keith and Jonesy, who are on the on the show today, saw the impact that mentoring and coaching had on his child and immediately started to connect the dots around the benefit of mentoring and coaching, not only for his own kid, but perhaps making a bigger impact across the United States in the communities that kids are growing up with. So from what I understand, he started Steel Sports as an offshoot of his Global Steel Enterprises. And from there, the story we will learn more today, but it's become a really significant, important part of the youth sports organization in the United States. They've got programs across the United States. They run tournaments. They've purchased facilities. And all around the idea of not necessarily driving profits for this sports organization, but profits in the form of societal benefits for improving the lives of young people and preparing them for the world ahead and the lives ahead of what they have to, to manage. And in particular, also potentially preparing them for careers at the company, Steel Enterprises. So super excited to have you. We've got Keith Osick, who is the Vice President of Coach, uh, Coaching and Coaching Development on the baseball side of Steel Sports. And we have the Grand Poobah Senior VP of Coaching System, Steve Jones, who has told me he wants to go by the name of Jonesy. That's, that's what they call him. And so uh, Keith and Jonesy, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you guys here today. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, thank you, Gary. We're very uh, excited to be here. Good. So, Jonesy, how much of that story did I get right and how much of it did I get wrong? No, you essentially got everything right. And I've had the pleasure of spending some time with Warren. And so I've had the conversation about the experience he had with his son. And, you know, there's an added layer to it and that Warren was actually a single parent bringing up his son. And so he was relying on and looking for different ways to help develop his son's character, personality, as well as his athletic ability. And the truth of the matter is, Gary, as you know, coaches have an impact. We just don't know if it's a positive or a negative impact. And Warren saw both things in his child's experience. And so he committed to establishing Steel Sports, which is a social impact company, 
we've taken the bold approach of saying we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world by positively affecting the character development as well as the athletic development of every single athlete in our program. And so what we're very fortunate about is Warren also happens to be a multi-billionaire. And honestly, we wouldn't have survived as a company over the last several years unless he hadn't plowed his own money into the research that we've done. And I'm literally talking several years. And we've talked to athletes. We've talked to sports legends. We have an advisory board. We can talk about that later. But we've also delved into the fields of education, science, childhood development. And so we've put all of those ingredients into what we believe is a unique coaching system. And we are committed. Our mission clearly states we are going to inspire youth to reach their potential on and off the field of play. We're going to develop them as athletes and people through our steel sports coaching system. And so what we are committed to, and a lot of people are, please don't make me doubt to be a person saying we're the only ones doing this. We're committed to focusing on the character development through our four key core values of teamwork, respect, integrity, and commitment. Where we differ as an organization is Warren has given us the time, the money, the resources, and the connections to build a program that intentionally is inclusive of those things. So our staff have to go through an extensive training program to become a steel coach. And we then do a couple of unique things in terms of observing our staff, working with the kids on the field and giving them feedback. And just as one little example, our forms, and they're pretty lengthy forms and a lot of feedback goes into it. But one of our sections that we rate our coaches on is positive developmental relationships. Kids can't develop character strengths and life skills unless they have a positive developmental relationship with their coach. Well, what does that mean? Well, we went to the source and we formed a, a partnership with a group called the Search Institute. We spent 25 years researching this in classrooms, in clubs, in societies, in fields. And really, we tell our coaches, you must, there's no, there's no, there's no negotiable here. You must express care for your athletes. You must challenge your athletes. You must provide support for your athletes. You must expand the possibilities and experience for your athletes. And the final one that all coaches and teachers struggle with, you must share power with your athletes. Now, if we just look at that section, we tell our coaches, you've got to do this. And if you're not doing it, we're going to send you back to your training. You're going to do this unit again, and you've got to understand what that means. So, so what does share power mean? Yeah. I want right. to interrupt you. That 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 I got everything up until you say, and the one that they have a tough time with is shared power. I'm not sure I understand that. That sounds pretty dynamic. Yeah, well, the, the truth is, right, kids, kids want to have some responsibility for what they're doing. So share power means that as a coach, you occasionally have to involve the children or the athletes in the decision-making process. Mm. And, and, you know, too many coaches and too many teachers consider their classroom, their field, their fiefdom. Hey, it's mine. It's this way or it's the highway, and that's all it's going to be. It's proven. You know, we worked with a lady called Angela Duckworth, Grit, the author, who's uh, the chair at UPenn. And it's true that kids, grit doesn't just mean you stick at it. Grit means you have a passion for it and you have a connectedness to it because you are involved in the process. So we challenge our coaches to involve the kids two ways. Every one of our sessions has a period of free play, which means when the kids arrive, they're in charge of the activity. Our coaches are there to supervise, make it safe, but they, they come up with a game. They come up with the rules. They have the power to do that, and a coach does that. Sometimes in game situations, 
we've had coaches that at halftime of a game have turned the game plan over to the kids. Say, guys, you know, we're down by two goals or in, in uh, baseball, we're down by three runs. What do we need to do? And involve the kids in the process of solving the problem. So we don't, as coaches, always give the answer. We present the issue, we guide, and but through self-discovery, the kids come up with solving the problem. Yeah, what a great, what a great skill set to develop for young people because they have to self-advocate, they have to collaborate, they have to formulate, and then they have to take a little bit of risk. Hey, I hope our plan works. And then they have to deal with the results because they had skin in the game. Yeah. We 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 had one. I'll I'll be really brief because I do this. I talk too long, so I apologize. But we had one example. You're here, we're here to listen to you, Jonesy. We had one example which was a demonstration of our core values as well as sharing power. One of our U10 teams played in the tournaments. This was last summer uh, in New Jersey. I just happened to be there, complete fluke. Anyway, we go down the field. These kids are good players, balls crossed in. Our forward clashes with their keeper, goes down in a heap. Ball drops to one of our players. Our player reactively kicks in the goal. Referee, goal. Our players, no, I, I think I fouled the goalkeeper. Referee, no, no, it's a goal. But the goalkeeper's injured. Trainer comes on from the facility to deal with the goalkeeper. Our players, nine and 10 years of age, go over to the coach, express the opinion to the coach that they think there was a foul before the goal was scored. Coach says, okay, what should we do? Players talk for a couple of minutes. They say, coach, if the referee won't disallow it, we want to let them score a goal. The kids, this was not the coach, Luis Prado from um, PA, but it wasn't him. Anyway, he says, okay, that's what you want to do, guys. Guys go out there, referee wouldn't call it back, the other team kicks off, and you've seen this at professional levels occasionally, but nine and 10-year-old kids making the decision, they go through and score the goal. Post-game, some of our parents were livid that the kids Mm. allowed them to do that. And then the lesson was, hey, guys, if we're going to say we're going to share power with them, and this is what they felt was the right thing to do, and it reflected our core values of integrity, then this is the right thing to do. So, you know, it it can be a gamble, but I think over the long term, if you're going to have a social impact, you've got to empower kids. And you used a great term, Gary. They've got to be self-advocates, right? And so that's that's the story I like to tell about that because it still makes the hairs in the back of my neck stand up when I think about it, yeah. Yeah, you've talked a little... I try and reflect on some of our guests' experiences and share them against my own life. And my wife and I have been fortunate enough to raise three wonderful kids. All three are in college right now. And... We had um, two of them were particularly good athletes and and one in particular loved the game of soccer as a young kid and got to high school and had a soccer coach that absolutely broke his spirit, treated him poorly, treated the team poorly, was a yeller and a screamer and not, not that positive relationship that you talked about. And he came to us and said, I'm done with soccer. And I was kind of heartbroken because I loved watching this kid play. But I realized right there, these boys and our daughter have so much to gain from the positive relationship and so much to lose from the negative ones, right? There's real risk involved in treating a young athlete poorly. Keith, I'm just curious, you know, we talked briefly before the show started, you've got your own travel team and you're also managing 30 teams across the organization, Never mind all the work that you're doing up at Baseball Heaven with the various tournaments and visitors and different skill building camps and stuff like that. But when you hear Jonesy talk about the positive relationship and, and the, the coaching system that you guys have put in place. How's it working for you in the, in the baseball side? Oh, uh, Gary, that's possibly why I'm so fired up to be a part of this, um, 
you know, family or in, and um, program and business. It's just been a fantastic ride. So exactly what we're talking about is just giving them more, right? So I had a business before I came into uh, Steel Sports. I had my own business, managed travel teams. And uh, basically what it was was just, you know, you give them 10 winter workouts, you practice with them on the field, you play your games, and then you say goodbye, you know? So we're just giving just so much more, and I'm just really proud to be a part of that. So, And for those of you who don't know, Keith Osick was a professional baseball player for the Pirates. He came up uh, through a farm system and played in the majors for how many years, Keith? Uh, I played with the in the big leagues for 10 seasons. 10 seasons. So that's 10 more than I played. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's quite an accomplishment. So obviously, you know the game really well. And obviously, it's had a huge impact on your life. You know, I'm reading this quote from the website which I think is really interesting. I love your guys' perspective on this. It says, Steel Sports encourages a culture of positivity and fun. And as an organization, we recognize the value that sports and fitness has in improving meaningful and life-changing experience for our country's children. So I love how they put it in the context of the entire country and our local communities, right? We listen, we learn, communicate. And as Tommy Lasorda says, quote, become a team which plays for the name on the front of the jersey, not the name on the back. And that's a wonderful concept about humility and teamwork. And, you know, I always loved how, you know, Penn State football, if a kid ever scored a touchdown, he'd put, he'd place the ball in the end zone. They never had names. It was, you know, very understated uniforms because it was all about the teamwork, right? And so I'm just curious, how do you guys translate the, plays for the name on the front of the jersey, not the back of the jersey, into action as you take ownership of these young athletes in your programs. What tactics are you using to encourage that type of thinking? Keith, why don't we start with you? I mean, so I've always been, I've had coaches and mentors that have always stressed that aspect of partly why I only hit 231 in the big leagues for a career average and spent 10 seasons because, um, because I've always been brought up with coaches. I've had some tremendous coaches and mentors, you know, growing up and, and in my uh, playing days. So I think what we're trying to do here at Steel Sports is exactly that, is stress to all of our coaches and provide support to all of our coaches that um, that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing more than just the X's and O's in baseball. You know, we're trying to uh, teach life lessons and I'm sure we'll get into the um, the professional development on the coaches' side, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. Is we're trying to make all of our coaches accountable, and it, like we talked about, it's not just giving them an hour practice or a two-hour practice. As Jonesy mentioned, we have uh, free play, and we're constantly stressing our core values to them. And then we're gonna in in 21, we're set to launch. Uh, character development program also. So we, we ha we've done a tremendous amount of work, you know, behind the scenes over the last year. And we're just really looking forward to 21 so we can actually execute just like everybody else's in America. I mean, but, you know, I think Jonesy knows and, um, you know, all of our staff, we're just, you know, we're, we're really excited to be a part of something that's so much bigger than just, you know, going down there and coaching a game and, 
coaching a practice. We're just trying to teach life lessons and impact as many young kids as we possibly can. Jonesy, so what do you know? Because Keith says, as Jonesy knows. So let's let's go over to you. What is the coaching system at Steel Sports? And if I want to be a member of the coaching system, what are your expectations of me? And what training are you going to put me through? And, and, and specifically, why are those individual components so important for your success? Yeah. So, Gary, related to your question earlier, you know, how, how are we saying you play for the name on the front of the shirt as opposed to the back? The Steel Sports Coaching System is an educational system for our coaches and our athletes and our families. So if you came to us and we believed you were good quality as a person and would fit there for our mold, we'd be more interested about your character than about your knowledge of the game. The X's and O's can be taught very simply. What's missing from most coaches' education and most coaches that are coaching youth teams is the how to coach. It's what some people call the soft skills, and they're totally wrong because they're the most challenging skills of all. So as an example, you know, teamwork. Well, that word should mean what you said. You're playing for the name on the front of the shirt. Well, it only does if, and you would go through this if you came up on board with us, you'd complete a, a module online called Foundations of Positive Coaching, which is the first step to becoming a steel coach. And in there, you would complete a unit which explains not only what our core values are, but give you the techniques and strategies to genuinely and authentically model those things through your actions and behaviors so that the kids can see in action those core values, then replicate them, then reflect upon them, and then take them to the field. But much, much more importantly, take them from the field to the community, their school, their college, their life in work. So what makes us able to make that claim is that we give our coaches strategies and techniques to teach every single core value. Here's how you teach teamwork. Here's how you explain to a nine-year-old what it is to give up your best interests to serve the team. And we do that intentionally, and we do that inclusively in all of our practices and games. That is, again, a non-negotiable with our staff. So that foundations of positive coaching is the first step. You complete that within 15 days of joining us. It takes about three, three and a half hours online. And yeah, there's an exam and you have to pass it. You don't pass it. You don't get 80% or more. You've got to do it again. After you've completed that, you'll get your first professional development experience, which is one of our senior coaches. We've got a team of 18 coach developers. Keith is one. We'll come out and watch you. But we'll assess you on those things that you learned in our module. The reason our system works is that everything, vision, mission, core values, everything we do is aligned to the same goal. We haven't taken anything from anybody else. We've built our program, so everything is specifically focused on kids first. Kids first, a lot of people, yeah, well, of course, you put the kids first, right? Yeah, we put the kids first. But the second part of what kids first means is, remember, they are kids first. So as a parent or as a coach, what are your expectations up here for? You don't expect your kid to walk into French class and speak fluent French. Why would you expect them to do that in a field? So we educate and engage families, athletes, and coaches through our steel sports coaching system to make them realize there are opportunities for learning life skills, but they don't, they don't happen automatically in sport. Not unless your staff is trained to identify them, then has the tools to teach them, and then has the power and authority to let the kids go, to step back and say, no, they can do it. They can solve this. 
So I think the steel sports coaching system is soup to nuts. It's everything that we feel is important that a coach needs to know. I, for example, Keith is a baseball player beyond all recognition. He's being very modest because, and that's one of the reasons I love him. Hasn't told you about his home runs when he was playing in the MLB. Did I you mean, get I a lot of those, Keith? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Not too um, many. Not no. enough. <laughs> he's, he's such a humble guy, right? But he's the exact kind of role model you want for your kids. And that's what we want all of our coaches to be through their actions and behaviors, through employing the techniques and skills we give them. So we teach them how to teach these things. We're not just saying, hey, this is what we want. Go do it. And then we're observing them, giving them feedback about how well they're doing. So, again, I think that quote from Tommy is a great one. You know, he's going through a tough time right now. I'm sure most people know that. But um, I've met him a few times. What an interesting character. Uh, and he believes that. And he coached like that. And I've seen his ex-players with him. I've seen him with Bobby Valentine, Dusty Baker, and the affection they have for him, which is what we want our athletes to have for our coaches because they've taught them things that will stay with them for the rest of their life on the field, in the home, in the community, in their college, and in the workplace later in life. You know, um, our company, Squad Locker, has a completely parallel thought process around changing the world to make it a better place. And one of the things that we did when we started the company was kind of come to the following statement, which is, look, we know the power of coaching and how and mentoring and what it has on young people as they take that journey into adulthood. But we know we can't coach people. We can't coach kids. But if we make their lives easier by making access to apparel and decorated things easier for them to do and manage, then they can invest more time in the kid, more time in the kids and helping them become better adults. Our cultural position is we want to change the world too by empowering you to do the work you have to do. So when we talk about changing the world, it's one thing to get these kids thinking the right way and behaving the right way on the field. Can you share with me a little bit about what happens when they go back to the minivan and back to school and over to Sunday services or Thanksgiving dinner? What do you expect of your athletes from the bench to the classroom to the house. Yeah. So there's a couple of things to that, Gary. And as you know, this is a long-term process, right? Because one thing young people won't do, and, and we're guilty of this as adults in breeding this habit in them, they won't reflect on failure. Because everybody says on the sports field, right? Oh, you failed. Move on. Forget it. But in fact, young kids have to be taught how to reflect on what happens. And the reason I say that is, Every young kid I've talked to, and, and there's thousands across the country, I love having conversations with them, they all have a gut feeling just like adults. They all know when they're making a decision that's marginal or just downright wrong. What they don't know is how to deal with that. So as Keith alluded to earlier, we've got this um, Leaders of Character program that we're very, very proud of. We've actually started it with the soccer teams already, and we have over 500 athletes enrolled. It was developed along with a guy called Dr. Peter Mindell. You probably don't know that name, but he's a pretty impressive character. He's the chair for honor and character assessment at a place called West Point Academy. So if you imagine what he's doing on a daily basis, came out of UPenn, has a master's, has a doctorate, and Warren decided he wanted a, leadership, a leaders of character program. Who's the best guy for it? I said, well, this guy's training the military, training the young minds that are going to lead men into battle in the future. Hopefully not, but the premise. So we went out, we hired him, and he's developed this program. It puts our players through a program over the course of a whole year focuses a lot on servant leadership 
so that they can socially impact wherever they are from the, the corny lesson of, hey, the kid on his own in the school cafeteria. You know, you've had that experience when John missed the sitter on Saturday and you screamed at John. How do we learn from that? We learn how it makes him feel. And you probably don't feel great afterwards when you think about it. So can we then take that? So we also have a social impact, a young lady called Ali Hanel, marvelous young lady. Hopefully you're going to talk to her in the future, Gary, where we do community-based programming. We recently had a food drive in Pennsylvania. We had a Veterans Day tournament that Keith can talk about, which is unbelievable at Baseball Heaven. Uh, last Christmas, our Texas branch did a whole giveaway for parents who couldn't buy gifts for their kids. We include these as part of our program. Then we encourage our athletes to go and say, hey, could you do this at your school? Could you get on the school council? Could you perhaps take this to your church, as you mentioned? And could you be involved in a soup kitchen food drive, wherever that might be? Because these are things that will give back to you as much as you give to them. And uh, again, I've got another great story. I'm full of stories, sorry. But this one was about one of our young 05 girls players who was down on the beach in Florida. They went to a tournament a year ago. And all of a sudden, I see on Facebook this post about the senior lifeguard at Florida wanted to thank this young lady. This young lady had gone out into the ocean to save a kid that none of the lifeguards had noticed was, you know, drowning out there. Hey, we're not taking the credit for what she did, but we like to think we put into her mind that social obligation that we all have. You're going to make the world a better place or a worse place. Very few people are going to be neutral. So how can you take what we give you and put it out there to improve your own personal self-growth and make that positive impact. So the Leaders of Character program is one. That's our high school age players because there's a lot of difficult concepts in that. Pre-high school, we have a coin recognition program. So every time we see a kid demonstrating one of our skill, uh, one of our core values, which doesn't necessarily have to be on the field, it might be somewhere else that we come across them. We gave one out to a kid for getting all A's on a report and he'd struggled previously in his school. And they have a coin system where they collect the coins. And they keep them on their bag on one of those keychains, And, you know, we just started that program as well. So we actually, again, we don't just talk about it. We don't just say there's an opportunity for it. We design programs that will reinforce it consistently. And i got to tell you, Gary, the kids like the way it makes them feel. And oh, that's bet. what's going to, yeah, and that's what's going to make them take it and do, do it elsewhere. So, yeah. Yeah. Building that self-esteem, building that self-assuredness through incremental success traveling through incremental failure yeah i love there's a picture a cartoon where it says um they have all these little steps and the last step says success and each step along the way has the word failure underneath it <laughs> because if you don't start on the first step and get to success you pass through many many failures and i've certainly experienced that in my own career yeah but keith tell me a little bit about the veterans event that you had and specifically, what did you see in the kids that participated in it? What were you hoping to see? And did you did you see the faces change? Do you have any stories about any of the young, young athletes and how it impacted them? Wow, Gary, so uh, great question. You know, respect. Respect in the kids' eyes, you know, for our country. To put off an event like we did, we had veterans come out. They, I saw them get being carted from the front gate all the way down to the uh, clover of the fields. Each kid's socially distanced on the foul lines. Uh, the veteran came out through through a first pitch. Tremendous, tremendous. It was just a, you know, a great tournament. And even more so, 
besides the kids that we affected, how about the veterans, how they felt throwing out that first pitch? You know, maybe there's nothing more American than baseball. <laughs> and there's nothing more American than having a veteran throw out a first pitch. Yeah, it was awesome. It really was. Yeah, yeah. And you said the respect. What did you mean by respect? Who was being respected and, and why is that important, Keith? I think the kids unknowingly respect that veteran. That's somebody special going out there. You know, that's kind of an honor to throw out a first pitch, isn't it? You know, we all think of, you know, movie stars and, you know, sports heroes. But for us to shine that little light on a veteran for that, you know, that's why I feel like it impacted that veteran just as much as the kids seeing that, uh, you know, it took a, what did it take three minutes out of our time to, you know, to affect somebody's life. So I thought it was really special. I was down there watching games and it was, it was, it was cool. We did it on, um, I believe every, uh, every field I, I know that they played the, I wasn't at the 8 a.m. game, which was the first game of the day, but they played the, uh, they played the national anthem. So it was just, a, it was good. It was a good thing, especially, you know, when our country needs it right now. For those of, for those who are listening, who don't know what baseball heaven is, can you just give me a quick synopsis? What is baseball heaven? Wow. Baseball heaven is, um, it is, a. we have an indoor facility. We have four, uh, 90 foot diamonds, I'm sorry. Yes, we have four 90 foot diamonds and we have, uh, you know, the 12 and under fields uh, with smaller fences, which I think um, a lot of the, you know, the travel players themselves like to come down because they have they actually have a shot of, uh, you know, hitting home runs for their you know age appropriate. And also the, it's turf. So uh, there's not many rainouts. We provide leagues for them. This fall, we're launching soccer there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tournament destination. So like if, if I'm a travel coach, that's one of the destinations that I probably, if I'm from Connecticut or I'm from Maryland or I'm from, um, you know, we've had teams as far as uh, Canada come down and, you know, play tournaments. So we provide tournaments uh, for them. We also provide scouting events for the older kids there too. And where's it located? And if I wanted to bring my team or league uh, to an event there, how would I learn more about it? Obviously, you would go to, I think it's baseballheavenli.com, and uh, you could check the website. Um, it has the tournaments. It, it does have, um, you know, a button on there for our indoor facility. And everything you need to know is basically on the website. But it's, it's on the eastern end of Long Island. I believe it's exit 69 off the uh, Long Island Expressway, and, and it's uh, located in Yapank, New York. So if you guys want to learn more about Steel Sports, their website, steelsports.com. And I'm coming up to the question I like to ask everybody who joins the show. It's a pretty straightforward question, and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your individual answers. Jonesy, we'll start with you. I know you've played a lot of games and coached a lot of games. I'm just curious, what have you gained more from, the wins or the losses? So as an athlete, I gained more from the wins because I was selfish. You know, I didn't have the good fortune of going through a program like this. And I grew up in England, obviously. I played a sport where I signed my first contract at 11. And it was all about winning and moving on and moving on. And honestly, on reflection, I think it's why I stopped playing. I got to a level where I didn't like the person I was as a player. I was overly aggressive. I was argumentative. I was 
you know, very nervous playing in front of crowds. And I honestly think it was because I'd become an athlete who was different to the person I was. So, yeah, I have to say as an athlete, I didn't learn these lessons. And that's why it resonates with me so much now. As a coach, I just love it. And I'll honestly say, Gary, I think I learn an equal amount by winning and losing. Because what I learn about is my athletes. I learn about those that need to learn humility, which is something I didn't have as a young athlete. You know, I wish I'd been more like Keith Ozick. He's just a wonderful person, but so humble. I wasn't. But I, can, I think you can honestly learn as much from winning and losing as to how your athletes respond, how you as an individual respond, and how even your families respond. Because there's no way we can develop these young people if all three of those groups aren't on the same page. So the parents, the families, the coaches, the athletes, we all have to understand what is the main driving force for these kids. The kids love to win. And I'm going to tell you, and I say this to all of our coaches and everybody we talk to, steel sports athletes and coaches are fiercely competitive. We want to win every single time we step on a field. But we never, 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 ever want to win at the cost of our core values. And if we do, it's a hollow victory. And I've seen coaches, we have a national ritual whereby at the end of every game, all parents and all players join together in one space. The coach reviews the goals that were set that day for that game. And then they go over those regardless of the result. I've seen a coach whose team won 5-0 and I've seen him say how disappointed he was in the way his team behaved, in the way that we achieved the win, in the lack of respect that was shown either to the opponent or an official. And this does happen at times, but we don't let it go. And I've seen parents stand looking like, kids just won. Yeah, but that's not the way we win. So I think you can learn an equal amount from both. And as this is probably my last chance to talk, I do want to talk about a gentleman called John Kessel, who you may have, may have heard of, coaching legend. I started off by saying, we make an impression. It's just whether it's negative or positive. And he put it the best way I can ever, ever think. And I say this all the time. I say, <laughs> coaches, Bear this in mind. Let this be your mantra. Never be a coach's, uh, sorry, a child's last coach. Never be a child's last coach. So if I have a winning season and none of my players play next season, I've screwed it up. Uh, John Kessel, one of the legends in my lifetime that I've managed to meet, talk to, and learn a lot from. So I always like to pay uh, some homage to him whenever I speak. Thank you, Gary. Yeah, that that was great. Thanks so much, Jonesy. So Keith, on to you. You've played a lot of games and. You've coached a lot of games, not a lot of tournaments. So what have you gained more from the wins or the losses? And, and you played, obviously, like Jonesy, at the highest level. Oh, Gary, to encapsulate this into just one answer is really tough. And what I mean by that and is – by the way, just, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, this is not it, a softball. This is not a layup. Yeah. No, gotta, it, 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 it I'm really stretching is. you guys. It really is. So if I look at my journey as – uh, you know, obviously baseball is in my blood. It's, it's in my, it's in my family's blood. My, like I, we talked before the show, my son's with the Chicago White Sox as an A-ball player. I'm a lifer. So the question was, do the, what's better, the wins or the losses? I just, what did you gain like more it, from? What did, did you gain, I gain more? more? From? So I gain more just from the journey every day of just being, being the best coach, uh, person, father I could be. So I love that, you know, those steps that you talked about in success. And I feel like I still have more steps to go. Uh, that's why I'm, I'm really fired up. When I was, you know, approached about being a coach developer, I didn't quite know what 
to expect. And then, um, you know, as I gained more information about being a coach developer, it really stoked a fire because like I said, I was just, uh, I was in the business of, you know, coaching teams and trying to make money as a business owner. But what we're doing here at Steels is just fires me up daily. You know, I, if, if I can just talk about what our coaches at Steel, you know, what they mean and what they do during a yearly process, we provided practice plans for them. We just developed a, a Steel Sports Baseball Handbook. We've created a long-term athletic development plan. As Jonesy mentioned, they are evaluated. I almost got to every coach this year. So, uh, you know, those coach evaluations, I feel like go a long way and there's a lot of magic in it. And what I mean by that is when you evaluate a coach and then you meet with them within 45, uh, I mean, 48 hours, and you have that meeting with them, I, you know, I say this all the time. I wish that somebody would have evaluated me during my first, you know, either travel coaching or I'm a, I'm a college coach now at Farmingdale State College. So I wish I would have had support like that. Yes, I looked up to certain mentors and uh, tried to coach like them. But um, so I would say to wrap it up, it's basically the journey that I'm still on. So I appreciate that, Keith. So for those of you who want to learn more about Steel Sports, it's again, steelsports.com. This is clearly a organization that's thinking and functioning at the highest level possible. And just to give you an indication of the culture around the company, I didn't know anyone at Steel Sports. I found Warren Lichtenstein's story somewhere online as I was just exploring on the whistle and people that I'd wanted to talk to or learn more about. And I reached out to uh, you know your CEO and he was completely open and willing to engage me and talk to me and you know, look for more of a platform to share with the world your story. And so just the the welcoming culture of your company and allowing me to kind of infiltrate things, right? And get get, get behind the scenes and talk to you guys and learn, learn more is just indicative of the fact that you guys are working on such a positive vibe with so much transparency. So super hats off to you. Um, I think, uh, you know, so many of us will benefit from kids who live in communities where these steel sports organizations are functioning. And you don't know where that positive uh, benefit's going to come and maybe holding the door for my wife when she's walking out of a grocery store or becoming a person who works within the community, uh, you know, as their careers develop. We just don't know, but there's certainly going to be a massive wave of goodness and wellness that comes out of the hard work that you guys are investing in every day. So we're super grateful uh, on the whistle, super grateful for having the opportunity to hear your story and share it with our listeners. So gentlemen continued, and maybe we'll check back uh, post COVID and see how things have cooked up once uh, more kids are on the field and more scores have been taken. Does that sound like a good idea? Sounds great, Gary. Thank you for the time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks so much. You've been listening to On The Whistle. For more, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player or visit us at onthewhistle.com.